You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey, everybody, this is Justin Lamb, and you're watching episode 11, 11 of Digging Deep, where we help business owners uh, build better businesses. Today, I am joined with a wonderful lady. She's a good friend of mine. I seem to have lots of good friends who are on this show so far. (laughs) Uh, She's been in the industry for 15 years, helping people uh, strategize and create a better uh, health benefits experience. She is an total benefits experience strategist with uh, Living Brand Results. Please uh, welcome (laughs) Kalina Donald. Kalina, how are you? Oh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I was so excited last night of all the things that I'm working on that I couldn't sleep. I know everyone's like, what? You weren't like staying up because you're stressed. I'm like, no, I'm on fire. I love all the opportunities that we're working on. It is quite amazing, isn't it? Uh, This pandemic has really shifted and made people pivot uh, in a lot of environments. Yeah, it's, you know, I, at the heart of it, I, I want people to be healthy and well through this. Um, that and business sustainability. And they're two of my passions. So I have been firing on all cylinders. It's super sad in some of the things that I'm having to help employers through. But at the same time, it's empowering. They're able to connect and reach their people like none other. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's really cool. All things, you know, aside, like what, what's what's your world been like in the last little while? <laughs> well, this is where um, there's a difference in all of the kind of like I, I say, what is the difference between design thinking and agility? <laughs> well, one is a plan and a process. The other one is like how you act. <laughs> So I've, I've had to have empathy and um, curiosity at the heart of the process, but boy, are we being agile. So as things ha- hit us, we we're having to adapt. I was on a weekend away with my family. And so for the longest time, up until yesterday, in fact, I was living out of a weekend bag <laughs> because we went into quarantine while we were on that long weekend unexpectedly. So we received notifications on the weekend that we both had, um, my parents and I had both been exposed at two different events. So we decided to hunker down and see what happened. And uh, we, we were just, I was just talking about it. I was like, I don't know if we actually had any symptoms because there's so much unknown. And this is the thing, you don't know if you've had it, you don't know, like maybe they're gonna get us all to mass test, but there's so many unknowns right now. And, and this is the thing, like how, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with all the changes and all the no, unknowns? There's no context, there's no parameters. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. Um, this virus is not something that we've seen um, and in terms of its pathology and its, and its uh, widespread, I mean, it shows all sorts of variables uh, and I think that makes it difficult for people to, to kind of narrow that down. And from, from purely a, a business standpoint, I mean, that, that uncertainty, um, you know, that first, you know, arrives at the government level, but then 
also gets pushed down to us as business owners and, and the people at large where, you know, we're asked to self quarantine, to, to socially isolate um, and, and distance ourselves. But that takes a real toll on us both financially and mentally. Um, and, and the worst part is, is we don't know when that ends. And so yeah, there's no context. And so how does say a business owner, uh, you know, navigate that with their team? You know, it, it's interesting because like I had to scramble because I was getting questions that I didn't have answers to. And I always say transparency and honesty are at the heart of every conversation because you have to say, hey, let me look into that for you. I've never encountered that before. What is, but the entire framework that I set up my clients with first and foremost is flexibility. So, and personalization. So it should adapt to the business needs and the people's needs. So you have a depth of resources that you put into play and then you can um, kind of pull the ones that are needed at any given time. And so I'm grateful for how I um, set up my clients for success because they could adapt those that needed to and then those who um, had to put pause on things, um, that was able to be done. You have the ability to have the ready resources. So I talk about employee family services. So those lifelines for those families that are going into crisis modes. You see people breaking in the marketplace and it's because they haven't had those conversations about their fears with trusted loved ones or even a resource that needs to kind of like let off some of the steam because people are blowing up at each other and I mean, we're going to see the effects afterwards because it's the trauma that everyone's experiencing. So that is always embedded into every system I put into place is like, what are your lifelines? How do you help your people in times of crisis? And then sharing out resources, right? So that was my next was How do I show care for my community? And so I immediately so sought out to all the vendors and suppliers, hey, how can I respond? What if, what if they have employees in the field? What if they have um, people in travel right now, whether it's personal or for business, what do they do? And so I started asking all the vendors all these different questions and I ended up putting together this quick, like hack together newsletter slash update, you know, business resources, everything I could find. And I'm seeing a lot of businesses doing that. And the, the response was gratitude because they were able to, you know, say, hey, what do, can we use this or what do we have to do? So why don't right. we go into something like that? Um, yeah. and, and more for an example. And I think people who are listening to this, uh, you know, don't want the, the super high level. We want to dig a little bit deeper and have a, a better understanding for it. So in terms of health benefits, um, you know, that that's your specialty uh, yeah. in, in the capacity that I know you, um, you know, what type of things are in place uh, where from the business owner side, um, you know, is able to employ or, or deploy uh, for the people that they, that, that work for them? So the biggest thing is I say at the front, you have to be thinking about your people in a different level right now. So they're all like, they're all going through a war and I hate to say this, but you're going through a trauma. And so the critical uh, lifelines would be outlets to escalate, like deescalate people from that edge 
So you need to have uh, healthy kind of well-being conversations, giving them access to the employee family um, programs. So they're called EFAPs, assistance programs. And they're positioned not as, um, I'm going to jump off the bridge, helplines, but it's more like lifelines. So when I do the educations and rollouts on, on all of the programs, we talk about, hey, if you have your baby crying versus you need dating advice, you can call this line. So you want to give them, like, how do I teach my kid to tie shoelaces? You can ask it. I'm having a dispute with my landlords. You can ask it. They can give you a certain level of even legal advice. So, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I think huge, um, huge. And, and I think uh, for, for somebody like me who doesn't necessarily understand the breadth of what um, health benefits are, that, that sounds different to me in, in the sense that um, I know it as, as I get dental, I get optical, um, I get X amount of naturopathic or chiropractic. There's layers. Stuff. There's so, layers. So can we go through some of those layers yeah. and what makes that totally. difference? So what I want to do for every organization is there, there's usually, um, oh, okay, what can I get for this price is the conversation. For me, I was like, okay, so what is the philosophy of the organization and what is your intent with your budget in mind? So it usually is, I want to care for my people and I want them healthy, right? So then you have to say, okay, so, but you have however many people on your team, right? 153, you know, you have a variety of needs and no two human beings are the same. And yet these programs were designed with ease of application and reduction of cost. And so when I put a program into place, I'm like, okay, what's your budget? And what would you like that budget to do? So then I allow the company to talk to me about their health and well-being philosophy and then I allow the employee to choose what they want out of that budget so you have the the insured levels of dental and all of the health benefits like drugs and paramedicals like uh, but you have the ability to layer on extra services if the employee needs to so that's the flex and what's exciting to me is you see people blossom and grow as you're educating, as you're communicating, because they're, they feel seen, they feel heard. Their, their employer has a different response and the clients end up kind of flourishing under this because at the core of it, they are saying to their people, hey, I care for you. This is my budget, but I care for you. So you do what you want with the budget, whatever is gonna have value to your family you and your family for your health and well-being. And then you layer on extra parameters so you can layer on income protection. So that's your long-term disability. And then have them educate on what short-term disability options. So short-term disability options. So say one of your employees is exposed right now, you actually can't really lay them off. <laughs> it's kind of illegal. So uh, talk to your labor lawyer if you want to do that, but you shouldn't be doing that. So it's a short-term disability program and it's a sickness EI leave typically. Well, now what is an employer have, can, what can they do? So that employee has to go into isolation and what programs? So I design with life at the heart. So empathy and curiosity at the heart of every single program, but with the flexible framework. 
So literally, whatever your budget is, you have the ability to let the person adapt to their family's need. And then you layer on some of these helplines. Every single program I put into place has a helpline embedded, unless they're in marketing, which you can plug into NABS. So marketing and communication and broadcasts. NABS is, uh, shout out to NABS just quickly, but they are a nonprofit that has an EFAP for everyone in that industry. And anybody in marketing, broadcast, communications can call in. So uh, 360 Media, yay, you can call into NABS. <laughs> and so that's another layer in there. And then you have this kind of fluid structure for everyone's life's needs. Mm, okay. And so for, for clarification, um, how much of that education process lies in the, uh, the business owner supplying that benefit or does that fall on your shoulders as, as the provider? I take it on um, as the intermediary because the, the lack of communication in this industry is what hurts people. Um, number one, there's liabilities of getting too much um, personal information for the edu uh, for the employer. So you can educate, but you cannot really give them personal advice to a total extent in that it crosses some lines. So if you bring in an outside educator, I can have a total real conversation with your people and then you can connect them with the resources. So I have people texting me, I was hit by a taxi, um, what do I do? <laughs> Right? Go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, a police reports to um, file it. You know, you need this, you need this. But yes, I do have higher service levels embedded. But I think that that's what kind of creates that experience for the employer as well. They have a trust. They have me at their back. They know that I'm there for them both as a sustainable business practice, because this is all about business sustainability and growth and productivity, but I'm also there for their people. Mm. And so, so then let's go to business sustainability then. Um, yeah. You know, so many businesses, um, you know, are struggling now uh, because they're not able to conduct, uh, you know, work and they're not able to draw revenue. Um, has there been any sort of widespread, um, you know, policies or relief that comes in, in your world? Like, are, are they still having to pay the premiums uh, at this time? Like, like how, how does that get supported from the business owners end? And, and what type of questions should they be asking providers? Great questions. So it's like any other service provider. Um, the deeper the pockets, the more, more um, kind of extensions they can get. But what I'm seeing from the carriers is that you can um, have conversations to delay payments. So you'll get a 90-day window. Um, for payments on premiums or uh, some relief on the programs itself so you can redesign them. And that's, that's key for my clients in that I have a budget set so they can kind of de-escalate that budget if the employee has the resources to um, bump up their, um, uh, their quality of benefits again, they can still do that. But it's just a budgeting factor and then we just roll out communications. So it's not too bad and not too hard to do this for my clients because they've already been through these conversations with their employees and we've had strong education and communication along the way. 
And so employees understand the value of what they're receiving from the employer versus going in blind. Like, what do you mean I don't have benefits anymore, right? I need this heart medication felt, right? So an employee is able to say, hey, how, what, how can we contribute? What are my basic needs during this time? So maybe I need to dial back to um, uh, just like the health side only. So that's the drugs, the paramedicals, or maybe I need um, uh, to relieve my dental because I can't even use it right now. <laughs> Dentists okay. so are not able to. Yeah. So then there is flex in, in your particular style and, and, yes. and, and whatnot. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, um, you know, companies, I think now are looking into things that have, um, was it uh, health spending accounts versus yeah. benefits? Now, is there, what, what is the, what is the sort of criterion for one and the other or the, the usage, um, you know, it, in terms of how do you know when one should be in place and when another one should be in place or, or do they work in tandem? So in my world, it's all one and the same. So if you have decided as a family, I don't need dental because, for instance, my partner has dental. So you can downsize the dental budget and that moves over where you can then move it into your health side. Maybe you want 100% coverage on the health side. Or maybe you need extra budget for your paramedicals. Um, paramedicals are things like chiropractors, um, uh, your massage, your uh, acupuncture, all of those different services for the health side. And then, uh, well, oh, you know what? My spouse has great coverage for paramedicals. I can actually move it over to the health spending account. A health spending account allows you to have literally 100% redemption of whatever your cost is. And it just is a flow through. Or if you don't even need that, you can then push it over to what we call personal spending. Personal spending allows it, it's a taxed, um, a taxed field because there is taxation around this side, but you could then pull that money out and put it in your RSPs. You could put it in your TFSAs. You can uh, go take a course. You can go to the gym, buy work boots, um, <laughs> buy a motorcycle part, <laughs> whatever mm. you need to do. That's so you can actually have this one budget as an employer. And that's why I say it's a total benefit budget. Um, you can have that move, money move by the employee's choice versus by the employer's design only. Okay. So and there's so different now, layers. Okay. So as an employer... Uh, when they first encounter your services, I, I mean, there's so many solopreneurs or like one or two person shop. Uh, and I think a lot of that fear is, is, you know, what are those premiums going to cost? Um, yeah. You know, and, and whether that's a sustainable thing or, you know, how, how are they going to implement that? Or maybe their team is too small. How are you able to overcome those? Because I think a lot of the bigger companies, you know, don't, don't really have forgivable, forgiving policies or flexible policies for really small shops? So what's really cool about health spending accounts, um, the one that I love partnering with has, a, again, a budget up front, but it's until it's redeemed, there's no spend from the employer. So uh, the, you also have a layer of what I call catastrophic. So if you're like a, 
a single person shop or, <laughs> or a two person shop, you can do that. Hmm. Um, it has low amount of insurance, but it just depends on your health philosophy, right? Hmm. I, a lot of the single person premium programs out there, you have to use it a lot to get your value out. So typically I would encourage smaller organizations under three to go the health spending uh, um, route with the catastrophic insurance in there. So catastrophic insurance is kind of like, I was hit by a bus and <laughs> it's outside of even like the parameters of the regular healthcare system. My drug costs are gonna be X, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's extreme. So it steps in and it gives you that extra peace of mind coverage and then it gives you travel some so if you leave bc you're not having a problem so those are what i call catastrophic services teams of three like that's very few people can immediately step into the tech world of the flexible um, programming that i do so pretty much i have yet to encounter a company <laughs> that i couldn't help okay. right and so then for for um let's just say a really small shop how mm -hmm. do they know uh in their business cycle that they are ready to add benefits because i mean so many of them are scrambling or just trying to make ends meet and you know some don't even draw salaries yet they still really want to care for their employees yeah. um or their staff like how do you wh when is a good time for them <clears> to say oh, maybe i could consider it um you know and, and start that discussion process you know what, I look at this is the baselines of productivity, right? So if you have humans in your business, so robots can't apply, mm. <laughs> um, then we all need, so we all have biofunctions and teeth and all the basics. So if you can afford to buy them a coffee, you can afford to buy them a dental checkup. A dent so you go buy what is the price of that person's basic bio needs in their health and well-being. And you start with that. So that's why I say start with the be curious, be empathetic. Because um, for the price of a coffee, you could send them to their dental checkup. And so the, the misconception that I always bump into is like, I can't afford this. I'm like, well, mm, then like you and I have talked about then you're not in business. <laughs> right? So there is always um, some basic margins in place for health and well-being. If you're asking, and I never say the right questions, I was like, if you're asking questions. So if you are curious about your people's needs, and it's a conversation that you just have with them real and say, hey, um, like maybe they have like supreme dental care and hygiene habits and they don't need a ton of stuff. So maybe the coffee is the better option, mm -hmm. right? But allow, have that conversation. Because the whole point to this is getting them to be in a place of productivity, being healthy, being well. Uh, that's the entire satisfaction that I have is that our frameworks looks at how do we structure business for that, but also how do we fuel people in that? Hmm. So the two sides of what I do. 
And so is that restricted to only employees or can you have contractors under plans? Um, there's different, and this is where people get so frustrated because it all is according to CRA's rules. <laughs> so why is CRA getting involved with health and well-being programs? Because it's income that you're giving to the employees. In Canada, it, there's different rules. In Quebec, it's taxed. In all the other areas of Canada, it's non-taxed money. So it's such an opportunity for an employer to give such a really powerful dollar to their people because it's an untaxed dollar. Now, the power of that is that literally for them to go to the dentist or to go get a massage on tax dollars, how long did they have to earn that money to go? And then they're like, oh, well, they can claim it on their taxes. Well, there's that line item that says, okay, 3% of the net is excluded from your medical. So you can't actually get those dollars back. Like the average person out there doesn't spend a ton on health and dental services unless there's a really emergency. And so they never get their dollars back. Mm -hmm. And so when you start asking questions and connecting with your people, you start seeing a different picture. And even if you have the conversations, they, they say, oh, well, if I have the conversations, then they're going to expect something. I'm like, God, I hope so. <laughs> because you should be caring about how they're producing in your organization, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how small or large you are, you want to have the right mindset for them to bring to the job. If they have like this debilitating toothache, how, how well do you think they're going to work? Mm -hmm. So, so, but circling back, I mean, so, so what I was asking is really, um, if, if you have, let's just say you have a, a group and you have maybe one, uh, actual employee by CRA standards and the rest of them are contractors, you know, they come yep. in and out, are you able to offer that for the contractors? I mean, I know you could offer it for your, your in-house employees, but yeah. Yeah. There's sniff tests. So the CRA allows, um, employees to have this non-tax benefit but one of the sniff tests of whether you're an employer whether you're a contractor is do you get benefits mm, okay right so then a sole proprietor contractor could implement their own benefit structure mm. and they're able to have fifteen hundred dollars out of their income that goes towards this okay right but then they have to operate it themselves. Hmm. So technically the employer, um, yes, you can have a program in place that they have access to, but it should be very, very carefully structured uh, with both the, your accounting and your, because um, different accountants are going to have different kind of grays in there. <laughs> So, and I am not a CRA or a CPA or all these things. So I would say ask your accountant because that is what their comfort level for your particular business. Mm. Right? But you do have a $1,500 budget that is able to be applied, um, but it's very closely watched now. And there's definite advantages for a contractor to come in-house and be an employee even though your taxation goes up, you still have the ability to have an employer relationship with them through the T2200. Again, ask your accountant about it. But that T2200 reduces your taxation 
and your taxable income. So you end up, I think, coming out ahead as an employee. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, thanks. That's a lot of information. I think I a know. lot of people can find it uh, <laughs> useful. Um, so if a person wanted to get a hold of you um, and, and find out more, how, how are they able to find you? Uh, you can always find me online. I'm searchable on Instagram, on on Twitter, which I don't use Twitter very much, but on LinkedIn under Kalina Donald. Uh, so it's just my name. Also our website, Living Brand Result. So it's super easy to find me or come visit us and in our business work meetings. <laughs> We're happy to see you guys there as well. Uh, always happy to help people and uh, help anybody access how to feel your people. That's my passion. Love it. Amazing. And so one of the things I like to close with is I like to ask uh, each of our guests a resource, something that they uh, really enjoy or find value in that they could share with our audience. Do you have one that uh, you could recommend uh, to the people who are watching or listening? Um, you know what? I am putting together resources um, for the entire LBR commu uh, community partners. So we're trying to get that online as fast as possible. But in the marketing communication sector, like I had talked about, really educate people about NABS. NABS is the the EFAP service for everyone in this sector and anybody in marketing and communications and broadcast should be using NABS right now for their teams. It's a free resource and just keep them in mind. It's like, I can't say enough good things about what they're doing because they're giving access to a very uh, kind of crisis ridden sector. And it's very, uh, it, it's well-funded. It's a great charity, but it's an, I think, essential service in any person who's almost in frontline work right now. So ask your employers about EFAPs or uh, um, reach out to NABS for marketing communication sector. Perfect. And so is that NABS or M? NABS. 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 Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really no do appreciate it. Uh, for those people who are listening, please, if you guys found value in this, uh, feel free to like, follow, share, uh, send this to a friend who uh, may be having questions about uh, employee benefits. Uh, until next time, I hope you guys are doing well and uh, keep, keep trucking away. Uh, hopefully this stuff will be over soon. Thank you, Kalina, again for joining me today and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Justin.